Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Today I have Matt Bombay, uh, Bishop, His Holiness, Matt Bombay with me. Uh, Matt is the lead pastor of South Point Church in Stonebridge. They'll be launching off planting in September. Uh, good to have you, Matt. Glad to be here, Josh. <laughs> I never know how to take you because so so backstory for us. We've we've been friends for uh, like eighteen years. Long Some, time, yeah, long time. So anyway, it's good to good to be sitting across from you. Looking, yeah, looking you're, looking you're, handsome. You're staring into my eyes. I am. Well, anyway, the reason why we're here is to talk about South Point. Yeah. So, uh, man, tell us the journey. Tell us what's been going on with you. Um, I think for many people, we know that this is happening. We talked about district conference. We've, you know, we, there's been advertising out there that you guys are starting a church. But what has that journey been like? I mean, ultimately, really, church planning is as sexy as we we try to make it. Uh, you know, we're trying to push people towards it. There are some realities to it that I think we haven't really journeyed with people uh, through or have heard the story of how to, how to start that. And you're just at the cusp of launching off. So how, uh, how's it been going? Yeah, so our, our journey started uh, a year ago when we were finishing up at our, our church and we were trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, you go through those classic moments where you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to try to find another church. Mm-hmm to do another role in an established way. And those, you know, those conversations and those like hunts are traditional and they they're safe because you could, you know, you're going into something that's familiar and you're going into something. It's a different space, but it's still the same kind of environment. Right. And so we did go down that path and realize that we felt that we did not want to leave Saskatchewan and that, um, Saskatoon uh, was home for us. Mm. And so we uh, were approached by some people at our district office. Or, hey, would you guys ever consider planting a church? And obviously my answer was no. Yeah. Uh, there's no way I'm doing this. And over time, I think over a couple of weeks, God just kind of started to break me down saying, you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah. And I would throw out tons of excuses why not yeah well god how am i going to get paid yeah how am i going to provide for my family yeah i'm not a church planter i'm not this i'm not that and uh over those few weeks god wrestled through with me some of those answers and then we just decided to kind of do it and (laughs) so we took the step we went back to our district and said yeah we'll we'll do an entrepreneurial launch and uh with your help and kind of started the journey yeah through the process yeah so the journey through the process the first part was uh if i remember correctly was district but then after that was this assessment piece sure so how did how did that go what was that like right so we 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 probably did it a little um off schedule because we got approved by our district to do it first before we went to have an assessment um i think those who were encouraging us felt that we were going to do fine at the assessment anyways. Right. And so whatever. So we ended up going uh, to Toronto with an organization called C2C. And it's, it's, it, it is in a process that is as revealing as anything I've ever been a part of. Mm. Uh, it would be the basically being waterboarded oh, wow. <laughs> by people. <laughs> it was, it was crazy. 
Uh, you do psychological exams and assessments. You sit down with counselors. You sit down and have 18, I think it was, different interviews wow. with di- different people. Um, you're, you and your wife are together. You and your wife are separated. Um, you're doing personality tests and, you know, you're doing Brinkman's and Berkman's and whatever other B word yeah. you think of for a test. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and on top of all that, in the midst of it, you have, um, you know, you have to preach a sermon that they give you the topic. You have to pitch your um, your vision for your church. And in the midst of all of that, you have 40, 50 uh, observers. Yeah critiquing, taking notes on every single thing you do for three days. Uh, And so it's a very revealing process. And it was a tough process. I've uh, I'm a different person today because of it. So there is benefits to it. Um, But it was hard to go through um, as a person because not too many people enjoy having what their flaws pointed out to them or are people's perceived flaws of you right you you can get a mortgage easier than you can become a a Uh, yeah (laughs) you can get uh, that is correct you can get a mortgage easier than getting uh approved for assessment wow yeah okay so you and tegan went through that it was it was grueling you came out the other side though and and things were okay so you know and what i hear is that it was positive anything you would have changed about that like anything because I think the church planning thing, when you look at PUC overall, I mean, we have this 2020 initiative. I mean, literally, it's 2019. We're we're just we're just on the edge of here we go, to, uh, 2020. But it, it, when you look at that that assessment piece, anything anything in your opinion that we can we can do better? I think it's kind of like credentials, you know, like. When, when I first got my credentials, what, I don't know, 16 years ago, there was this impression given that you had to somehow prove that you were worthy to gain credentials right. and not like, hey, we're here for you. We don't, we're, we're looking for reasons to not give you credentials. Like, right. like we, we want to support you. Yeah. That's kind of how this particular assessment felt. It was more like, Prove to us that you're worthy for this assessment, not the opposite, which was we want to see you succeed in right. every possible facet. So, like, you really need to give us reasons why we shouldn't pass. You. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think because we live in a day and age where this 2020 movement and this this um, new church movement mm-hmm. is a thing. Yeah. And it's we, a trend. It's, it's a, a trend. It's, it's, a, a, trend. it's and, a trend. And we want to be able to start new churches. Now, I, I also believe like, you, you know, some guy off the street just says, hey, I want to start a church up the road yeah. and yeah. just give me money and no assessment and let's go. Well, no, I, I think that there's a process as well. And, yeah, I, sure. and I'm, I'm thankful for the process I went through. Um, but somewhere between, you know, just being grilled. Yeah. And and then given this arbitrary, which was fine, a third party uh, organization saying, OK, yeah, we think Matt's capable mm-hmm. um, and here are the areas that he probably should work on. Sure. And then the good thing is, you know, your district representative is there and, and they could come back and say, well, yeah, I agree with them in this or. Yeah. Yeah, I think they don't know you that well. Yeah, yeah. So they're missing missing you on this end. So but overall, yeah. I mean, it, it was OK, I, I think. We're ironically the PAOC is new to church planning. Yeah, 
right now, even though it was an organization that started and was founded on church planting. Yeah. There was such a there's such a gap between when it started and where we're now that we've kind of lost our mojo in regards to how we do it. And so thankful for guys like Paul Frazier yeah. who are just on the front end of going through a process and figuring out the way to yeah. from top to bottom so that the moment somebody walks into a district office or into a uh, an environment that says, hey, I'd like to be a church planner. Yeah. Hey, here's what you can do. Here are the steps you can follow. I mean, the very fact that he's spending his time. I mean, Paul's a very capable leader. Could be doing literally anything. And he's spending his time trying to figure out how to do that uh, for for districts, for for the nation. I just think, yeah, I think recognition has to go where, where it's due. Yep. So, okay, so assessment pieces, and then you're fundraising, you're doing all that stuff. What has been, we'll go two ways. What has been, the most difficult piece of taking this last year to to get ready to church plant. What has been the most difficult piece for you? Right. There's probably two areas that uh, are constantly on a church planter's mind, uh, which is finances yeah. and finances. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. <laughs> so really the first one was money, <laughs> money for the church. Yeah. Right. And then money uh, finances for your your family. Like, how are we going to live? How are we going to uh, make this work if there's a year prep before you launch? Yeah. Uh, paying your bills, making sure your kids are OK, yeah. you have food on the table. Uh, and then, you know, fundraising and going, how much money do we really need and how does it look and how does the church look? And, you know, it's interesting because with that, there's so many church planning organizations yeah. And they all do it differently and they all have a different perspective of what is successful, mm-hmm. what something should look like, w- how much money you should have on the front end and on the back end. And so when you do all these courses and these these conferences and all this training, you, you kind of get bombarded with uh, you're not knowing which way is up. Yeah. And that's where you have to go back to your calling and go back to what you feel God stirred you to do in the first place. And ironically, you, you do come back to kind of where you thought you were going to be just more educated in it. I, I would th- say the second thing that's been the most challenging thing uh, is something that caught me off guard uh, and probably is the thing that uh, um, hits home the hardest because uh, it was so unexpected, which is the opposition from Christians. Right. Uh, the opposition from people about planting a church. You think that people are going to support it and, it, uh, you know, the city is big and, and there, there's more than enough non-Christians, as it were, Absolutely. to to go around. And the the opposition you, you sense and you feel and, and people, some some people come out and just say it and all these things, uh, was a, it's been a little bit challenging to kind of maneuver that uh, through the process, because you would think that the opposition would come from the devil, yeah, or, you know, like sure. that kind of thing. Sure, uh, you know, I well, I, <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think there's, I mean, you talk about Saskatoon, for example, three hundred thousand people. There's more than enough room to to have you know several several new churches. Uh, there's enough room for us to plant a hundred and fifty new churches, and still only reach a small percentage of yeah. the population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think people get uh, a little territorial 
I think people get a little concerned um, in regards to who they're reaching that you may mm-hmm. pull from them. Um, I think there is, whether we like it or not, there is a sense of competition yeah. to an extent in churches. Um, and so that, yeah, that's been probably the second hardest yeah. and, and personally the hardest. I've never yeah. worried about the money because I know that God has called us to do it. And so I know he'll provide it. It's been the battle against my own people that has been more of a mm-hmm. concern. So what's been the response from folks like neighbors, people that aren't Christians? So the non-Christians love it. Okay. They, um, I have met all my neighbors. Uh, we just moved to a new house recently and, uh, all my neighbors know what I'm doing. They think it's awesome. They're going to come and check it out. Um, we've had people from our school, um, friends of Bennett's, um, are coming. Yeah. They're, they're asking questions. We, we have an, uh, a non-Christian family who owns a movie theater in Outlook who are providing all the popcorn for the Stonebridge, uh, the Stonebridge movie night. Yeah. It's a community event yeah. that our church is sponsoring the popcorn. And so we were like, okay, we'll buy all the popcorn for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone saw our post and was like, oh, I think it's a great idea. We'll pop movie theater popcorn, bag it for you, and donate it to you guys um, because we just think what you guys are doing is awesome. Cool. Right? I think that's awesome. So, I mean, those must be the the wins for you ultimately, right? Th- that's the reason why we're doing yeah. what we're doing is that w- we are wanting to impact somebody who's either walked away from the faith. Um, there's a lot of, there's over 2,000 kids that live in Stonebridge. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that live in Stonebridge are 45 and under with kids. Yeah. And they're people that probably used to go to church. Mm-hmm walked away yeah you know people who now have kids and realize mm, there might be something they're missing yeah 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 and those are the people though those are the the people that are joining us and following us and asking the most questions and so that's exactly why we're doing what we're doing see like i i'm always shocked that churches think in in two categories unchurched and churched but there's this third category in Canada, especially. I mean, when you look at stats from, from you know, years ago, like I think it was 1950, the statistic was 75% of Canadians would get up in the morning, go to church right. uh, on a Sunday, right? Would put out clothes to go. 75% of the country. Now the statistics are, you know, at, at about a 10% rate somewhere, give or take from, from there. So, I mean, the very idea that there's only two categories, we always forget that there are de-churched people. Yeah, the ones in, in our between. Yeah, yeah, the ones in between. Sure, and that's an uh, uh, a large, very large segment Absolutely. of the population that's growing, and we think that we are able to, in our particular context and uh, time of life, even yeah, be able to reach those people. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you guys are young family in the middle of this space where there's literally one church in that in that community. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas other places in the city have several churches in, in, in one community. So yep. I think I think that's fantastic. 
what has been what has been the best thing? What, what's what's been the best thing that you've taken away from from this? What's the the biggest lesson that God has has taught you? Sure. Uh, the best thing so far is being on this podcast. I mean, so this is tough. the greatest joy of my life. You're such a liar. OK, well, um, <laughs> you know, for years, I go back to that whole you know, when, when you're done at a church and as a pastor, you just kind of go to another church. Yeah. And it, this was the first time where we really felt for our ministry, we kind of understood a, a little bit mm. what a true step of faith would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my mom always used to say, you know, it's not a step of faith if you know where you're going. Right. Right. Mm. If you can see what's around the corner, is that, you know, it's not really that challenging. Yeah. We, we really went out and said, okay, God, like we don't have any money. We don't have a location. Yeah. We don't have any people. Uh, we don't know personally what's going to happen. And we just, every step of the way have been holding on to God's coattail. And he's just been opening doors and opening finances and opening provision um, in ways that are, now looking back like oh that's so god but Mm. at the time was like oh my goodness this is amazing thank you god and so that's been the the fun part of the journey Mm -hmm. is not knowing exactly what everything is going to look like yeah you know we had an idea of what the church plant was going to look like a year ago and to be honest we're not we're kind of there but we're like it's changed so dramatically Mm -hmm. because of how god has led us down these roads and these paths and so that's the fun part because you're, you're always living on the edge of like, what's going to happen next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's going to show up? What kind of check is in the mail yeah. or what, you know, what kind of person is going to say, hey, man, I think this is great. Can I can I help you guys with this? And can I do this? And hey, I love this. Can I get connected? And so those are the fun conversations. And those are the yeah. opportunities where you're, you're able to talk to your neighbors and, and they'll say, oh, well, you know, hey, I, you know, I don't have um really connection with church but i have a soundboard do you want a soundboard yeah <laughs> uh yes yes yeah, we, do. Absolutely we do yeah, <laughs> yeah we do I, so i just think that's uh i mean that's awesome like i mean you you've worked in churches uh, a long time just like i've worked in churches for a while and like you do get into a space where it becomes so safe and routine like you like you know kind of the the projection for income, you know, the projection of who's going to do what. I mean, you can basically call like, well, this person will do be involved with this. If we start this new thing. Here's 10 other people that will be a part of the programming there. Um, I mean, especially, you know, a space like Elam, for example, you, you know, you have a senior leader that's been here for 30 years. There's, there's consistency. Uh, it's, it's, there is a safety, but I think for every, I think for every pastor, there's this longing for the jump out right? The, the man, like you hear about people throughout history that just do amazing things that jump out in faith. And, you know, in hindsight, story's good, sometimes not so good, but yeah. but you see these people that take the, the leap of faith and have those experiences of, I have no idea what's, what's in front of me, but, but it's going to be good. Yeah. And I just think, you know, the fact that you are willing to do that in an age where it's so much easier just to be comfortable. Yeah. It, it's been a, it's been a ride. And I wouldn't go back and change it. Yeah. Uh, it, and you know, it's God because, you know, you, when your spouse jumps all in, mm-hmm. in in a day and age where risk seems to be, you know, you want to avoid it. Yeah. 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 And man, what well, Tegan is all in. 
and she has enjoyed the journey and, and it's been great and it's been awesome to see answers like you know you want to see answers to prayer plant yeah. a church yeah yeah <laughs> you plant a church god <laughs> like so this past sunday was our our lunch yeah our pre-launch yeah pre-launch and uh we we've been praying like uh, even just before uh church i said god uh, we really need somebody who uh is just passionate about kids ministry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i said god like that's kind of one of our biggest glaring needs right now and so we we go we we pre-launch and we kind of are going to meet for the next five weeks before we go full bore but um sure enough first sunday lady comes up i just i'm just so passionate about kids ministry do you guys need somebody in that area yeah. and i'm like come on yeah. come well, on that's just jesus come on and so like if church was just for her for that moment then it was worth it because now god answered a prayer a, a significant need and a significant gap and i it's exciting to say that that's not the only prayer that's been answered mm-hmm. uh it's been over and over and over again and you know the funny thing though is josh about i i i have a greater understanding of the Old Testament, when Israel, you know, is covered by God, is is protected by God, is released by God from Egypt, and he does all these crazy miracles. Yeah. And then they start whining and complaining, yeah. like, are you not going to provide for us? And you keep, for, it's weird because you keep forgetting what God did because yeah. the next challenge, the next thing seems bigger yeah. And greater. And it's like, okay, like, oh God, I don't know. Can you can you do this? I know you did this in the past, yeah. but this seems bigger. And then he doesn't. You're like, oh yeah, why did I why did I, ever why, worry? why did I ever worry about that when you've provided and you've stepped up twenty five times prior to this? Yeah. yeah, and I think we all know that. I mean, like you, you preach that on a regular basis. I mean, like what, what person that hasn't gotten behind a pulpit, uh, says it. And I like, and I, I really believe 99% of people that get behind pulpits that say things are genuine about what they're saying. Like, sure. yeah. like I, like I don't, I, I don't for a second think, uh, you know, when most guys are preaching or gals are preaching that, all of a sudden it's, well, do they really believe that? Like, I think people are genuinely wrestling with the text and, and doing stuff. So, but for me, it's always, it's always the walking it out afterwards. Right. And, you know, I, I just think oh, over the years, we, you know, I've seen you do this several times of stepping out, doing that. And like this, it, it, it's a big, it's a big step. And the fact that you're seeing God's hand in the middle of all of it, even with opposition, even with difficulty, I think it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And it, it's funny because if, if, God had asked me to plant a church five years ago. It would have it would have never happened. Yeah. I was in a different headspace. I was in a different pride uh, space. Yeah. Um, just a lot of things. And I think through the assessment, through the steps of faith that we've had to take in the journey of the wrestling up and down and the attacks and the yeah. and the personal, um, you know, the self talk. Yeah. Of you know, you're not good enough. What are you doing? This is crazy. Yeah. Um, what if nobody shows up? What yeah. if you're this? What if you're that? You know, through that, you you really start to, for years, even though we preached it, now you're practicing it. Yeah. And it's, 
it's not that it's easier to practice when you're in an environment that makes it easy and safe and wonderful and all those things. Yeah. But it, it's kind of the rubber meets the road environment when you really don't have the money to buy something, but you know you need to buy it. So yeah. you just take a step of faith or you don't have the resources with people but you know you need to do that so you're like okay god like we we need a kids person or Mm -hmm. we need a worship team or um we need certain things before we launch this thing to make it um you know quote unquote successful whatever that you know well but i think that's another question what what does that look like for you like for south point what is success like what what does that look like over the next year five years sure so if you would ask me a year ago when I started, my my thought was I'm just going to be the church that is down the street from every other church, but we're just a little bit cooler, we're just a little bit younger, and we wear just a little bit tighter pants, right? And we're just like, yeah, look at us, we're just hip and cool, and we're we're more relevant at the, at the time. So, and, and then it. Over the year, it's occurred to me that like that too shall pass, Absolutely. right? Totally. And so, success at that point a year ago was oh, we you know we need to have two or three hundred people, and we need to have this amount of budget, and we need to have these amount of ministries or programs mm-hmm. running. Or and then someone said something to me, followed by something that God said to me that shook my core. He said, "What?" So a church planning f- uh, friend of mine said. What if, what if you're not successful? Yeah. Now, success is what you want to look at sure. it and, and how, but in your head, what if you're not successful? And then it wasn't a week later, then God said this to me, and it, this has shook me to the core. He said, Matt, I didn't call you to be successful. I called you to be obedient. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. And so that changed everything. So I I think about the lost sheep and I think Jesus leaving the sheep for the one. And so if one person comes to my church and they were a lost sheep and they are now returned to the fold. Yeah. And that's my job now every week. So next week another just one person comes but they return to the fold. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um Success for me is doing exactly what God has called us to do, regardless of the numbers, of the finances, of the programs, of anything else. Uh, You know, we could be in a situation where God has called us to the edge of the promised land to start the church, but someone else down the road is going to take it to the promised land fully. You know, we have intentions of staying for 20 years, but that may not be what God wants. So for us, it was obedience first. And blessing second. So, but in the in the culture of right now, the idea of um, of church planning being a sexy thing that we really only highlight the churches that have blown up. Right. Um, do you feel the pressure? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, right now, a year ago, I did. Yeah. I I realized that. That goes back to the comparative competitiveness. Mm -hmm. And if I compare myself to those churches that are blowing up, you know, 
churches that start with 30 and then after their first year are at 300 and they're just, you know, the show and everything. I, I just started to realize uh, it's not who I am anyways. Um, and, and I'm thankful for our district because there's no pressure for that either, right? Mm. There's no, like, you need to be at this or you need to have this amount of whatever. Like, it, it's... You're right that we popularize and we celebritize the big, big boom churches that have done oh, amazing things. And yet there are tons of little churches that have started even within our own denomination in, in our own city yep. that are impacting people and the lives around them that just don't get the, the celebrity status. And it's a thing, and, you know, church planners and missionaries. I don't know what it is, but church planners and missionaries. I, I remember I watched uh, Catalyst like the leader network did uh did a one day i think it was in dallas and matt chandler was up matt chandler planted this church in um in in dallas fort worth the village um and he got up and he he said to the crowd he was like the only reason i'm even here is because our church is running seventeen thousand people if i had a church of 300 i wouldn't even be on the stage i mean just just went at it and called it out for what it was yeah and, you know, I think when you look at the Canadian landscape, like, yes, we have, you know, millions of people in urban areas and more, more and more people are moving towards those. But we have, you know, millions of people in rural areas, too, where they need good churches and they need people to go plant there and, yeah, for sure. and do some some great things. And unfortunately, the 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 draw to the to the city is ultimately well you know well there's all the resourcing there's all the people there's all these you know concentrated areas of folks when i mean especially in saskatchewan we have like a, a over a million people in the province you know three hundred thousand of them are in saskatoon i don't know what the population of regina is uh, and then pa i mean half of the provinces in three cities maybe a little yeah, bit more probably yeah okay yeah. so then that leaves the other half strewn everywhere and unfortunately what we do is the comparison what did you call it? the compare the, the competitive comparison yeah like that's what we do we look at churches like village church in surrey or we look at the john lambert's church in um, in calgary and we're like man these guys are just like going crazy and nuts and meanwhile there are all these lost people throughout the country that desperately need the gospel too and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I think there is something to be said about people who are just willing to be faithful, even if that doesn't mean, doesn't necessarily mean, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. You know, I mean, even think of Jesus. Most, most people that are corporate leaders would not follow him. Sure. Yeah, no, I think we have come to a day and age where somehow, some way, um, people feel like their calling is supposed to be big, big, big. Mm. That everybody's supposed to be pastoring Andy Stanley's church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we see that across the board. And so when, you know, a church of 200 people is looking or 100 people is looking for a pastor, mm -hmm. eh, that's below me. Or that's, you know, eh, I want something bigger or better than mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um and yet what you can do in small towns is amazing. Yeah. My whole perspective has shifted in this last year. Yeah. My whole perspective has shifted on church planting, 
churches in general, replanting an old established church. I think that could be a wave of the future, right? Where, you know, you go into a a church like North Battleford. Sure. Because you had just been there for the last year. Yeah, I've been there for the last year, kind of interming. And and that church is ready to, to, to blow up and to do great things. And they just need someone to come in and kind of replant. Yeah. Kind of blow the old traditional stuff off the wall that um, is man-made. It's not a God thing. No, it's a sure. man-made thing. Yeah. And move them forward. And that is just as much impactful in, in, as a church plant, as a replanting of, a, of an mm-hmm. older, you know, established environment. And I think most, most people are terrified of that because it's a little harder. Like it's well, did... I mean, I don't remember God calling us to easy. No, I, I know, but it's still harder, right? Like, because uh, you have, I think, especially younger leaders, the idea of going in as a young leader, for example. Uh, you know, I experienced this when we were in Newfoundland, senior pastoring, right? Like, I was 20, I was 28, or whatever it was, senior pastor of this church. And, like, it was not easy because people are like riding you hard about their traditions and yeah. the, and and the past and you have people still in the church that physically built it. And I remember it, it not being easy but um, but my attitude and you, you know me well enough to yeah. be like well I don't care like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's go. But I think for a lot of young leaders they don't see that as a viable option because they would rather the hey I'm going to start this brand new thing and not have to deal with any of that. Right. And I know that's not why you're starting uh, South Point but I mean, talk a bit about that because there there's so many churches in our district that do need good leaders. Yeah, no, I think you're you're right. Like, someone did ask me, "Do you you do have a choice in life? Your your choice right now yeah. is you could start a church with your own DNA, your own culture to it, mm. the way you think church should be, or you can go into a church that's been established for a hundred years and try to sh- turn that ship around. Yeah. And truly, both are difficult. Sure. Uh, but they're difficult on completely different Mm -hmm. opposite ends of the scale. And if you're not gifted in a certain area for certain things for church planning, then you're probably not going to do well. Yeah. Right. If you're not highly self-motivated and, you know, somewhat entrepreneurial and afraid to talk to me, like if you're afraid to talk to people, it's not going to go well for you. Um, but then you have a whole different other set of skills that you require to go into establish churches and, and change and replant, right? So I, I think maybe the bigger problem is that we have created environments or celebrity or uh, perception that ministry is easy. Mm. That if you get into the right gig at the right time in the right place, you can kind of just cruise. Yeah. And they don't you know, you don't you don't see those guys who struggle in small towns and just are working hard yeah. and going after it for years because you see these other guys that get into a multi bigger church, multi staff situation and life seems wonderful and perfect there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so then that's that's the goal. Yeah. The goal is to get to, you know, uh, Josh Singh status where you're having a podcast in your beautiful office and you know someone's already come in and, and served us espresso uh your personal assistant has done that and so it's amazing it's amazing thank you for that by the way i don't have one and a personal assistant there's no espresso it's coffee stop <laughs> it i do have a pinterest office though you I'm do told. actually yeah. well yeah i think that's the 
think that's the tragedy of it, right? Like, uh, like when you get into ministry, and I think this is a good reminder for everybody. Like, no, I don't think anybody got it. I mean, yes, there are people that get into ministry for the wrong reasons. But I think the majority of people that have decided to follow Jesus and go into vocational ministry, they got in because they genuinely felt God calling them to it. Um, you know, for whatever reason over the years. And I think like church politics, church realities, uh, you know, annoying people in your church that just want it their way, uh, systems that that kind of make you cynical. Expectations. Expectations. I think all, all of those things are realities. And I think sometimes the church planning deal now, and this is where like I, I've gotten to see your journey in the last year and so uh, even longer and it's, it's incredible to see because I think most guys that start churches, there is this, let me run away from the establishment of, of churches as they are. Mm. There's something he, not here that I want, uh, you know, a heart for the lost or like cooler lights or what, what, whatever it is. Right. But on the other end of it, like there's still as much work. There's still as much pain. There's still as much toil. There's still as much. Uh, all of the things that you would experience in in an established church, anyway, you're still going to experience those things. Yeah. It's just going to look just going to look different, and it's not that you're running away from anything. You're just leaving one thing to to go to the next. Yeah, in it, ministry, it's, it's really just a a different pile. Yeah, right. Like you you don't have to come to church every week and set up and tear down a sound system exactly and hospitality and kids ministry yeah. and stuff like that. Um. But I don't have the tension and the pressure of trying to pay for an entire building and yeah. multiple staff and making so making budgets, making and budgets all and all that stuff. kind of stuff. So it, it, it does go both ways. Yeah. And, you know, the, the interesting thing, and, and this isn't revolutionary, uh, but the reality is that at the end of the day, we both still deal with people. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's about people. It's totally about And people. so the people are, are still the same. You You have those who are easy breezy. You have those who are challengers by nature. You have those who are needy. You have everybody in between. And that doesn't change. And so if you think that church planting or established church or replant is going to change that, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, just straight up. Yeah. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you, yeah. You've missed it. Yeah, because you're, lo- you're looking for something that's literally not there. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Okay, so uh, last question. I think this is... This is helpful to know. How's this affected your family? Like, what? How, how is this? Has it been good? Has it been bad? Um, how's Tegan feeling about things? Yeah, how are right. the kids feeling about stuff? I mean, Vale's obviously a little too young and is right. you know, rolling yeah. around on the floor. But <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So I, I think this journey has been fantastic for our family. Um, at first, you move into the um, the dynamic of fear, mm. the what if. Uh, what if God doesn't provide? What about our kids? Now they're not in a kids ministry. They're not in this and they're not in that. Um, you know, what if people don't come? You know, you, you're just fearful. Yeah, you're fearful yeah, yeah. of the, the whole thing. Um, all eyes are on you, especially in this province when you're kind of like the first kind of like public district kind of like brouhaha yeah. of a plant. Then you move into this season of you know, faith, like you're, mm. you're like, okay, God, like you, you feel excited about it. You see God start to answer. 
Uh, so Tegan comes on board even harder and she's uh, she's all in. She's yeah. like, this is amazing because you go off of, you know, you come off of that season of fear. of Did did we make the right decision in yeah. leaving the church? Did we make the right decision in staying? Did we make the right decision decision in not taking those other churches? Yeah. Um, and then in the season of faith is awesome because you're you're just dreaming and you're being creative and you're believing that God is going to do some amazing stuff. And then he does those things. And then it stirs your 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 spouse up and she gets excited. And and then your kids start to see like, oh, mommy and daddy are pretty excited about this mm-hmm. like thing called church again. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then in the midst of that, for us, we were in North Battleford. So we were getting this crazy crash course yeah. on senior pastoring and uh, management of people yeah. and management of crisis and management of everything in yeah. kind of preparation for, uh, you know, South Point. And so the journey has, has strengthened our marriage, wow. has strengthened our faith. Our family is tighter than they've ever been. Uh, our, my son on our first Sunday here this past week, he, he was, <laughs> He walked into the church and our guitarist was walking in at the same time. And he just looked at him and goes, guess what? And the guitarist said, what? He goes, my daddy's the boss of this church. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, not really. He goes, yeah, but dad, I'm so excited to be at church again. And yeah. I was like, okay, that was kind of cool then. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like it, it's been, it's been a journey and yeah. the road has been long. And, you know, I go back to my scripture that I have held on to since the beginning. And it was found in Psalms 25, I believe. And mm-hmm. it just talks about, uh, God, I look to you. Help me. Help me be faithful. Uh, help me succeed. Don't let my enemies come upon me. And then it says this. It said, it says, make really clear and straight the path for me. Mm-hmm. Like, make the road clear. Mm-hmm. And he's done that. He's made the road clear for us. Um, and so we've traveled that road and we don't, we don't know where it's going to lead, but we're on the road that God has paved for us. And so we're just continuing to go down that. And it's been awesome. So good. Any encouragements for anybody listening that is thinking about planting, replanting, taking the step of faith like that and anything that you would encourage them with? It, it, yeah, it, it's the, it'll be the greatest joy of your life. Uh, anybody that I have talked to in in across the nation, uh, whether they are in an established church now or whatever the case may be, every single one of them that had planted a church, every single one of them said it was one of the most fulfilling, fruitful times of their ministry. Wow. Um, that it's it, it is exciting. It is exciting to to take a risk, to take a step out and see what God does. Awesome. Thanks for being with us, Matt. We appreciate you. Any way we can pray for you? Yeah, you know, just continue to pray for for God's provision, for courage to take steps of faith and and take risks, and uh, just pray that the soil that we, you know, we've been tilling becomes fruitful for Stonebridge and awesome things like that. Awesome, good days ahead for you guys. I'm excited. Thanks, man. Awesome.